Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to the Man and Post pre-season reviews. Joining me on this show, we have West Ham fan Nigel Khan, who represents more than just a podcast. How are you, Nigel? And thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Alistair. Um, yeah, I'm doing fine, thanks. Looking forward to the uh, football starting again on oh, Sunday for West Ham. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, after last season, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about first, but this must be a really exciting season to go into for, for West Ham because... Coming off the season you had last year, where could have been even better, in fact, until um, you probably died off near the end. But what a fantastic and almost unexpected season. Um, I don't know about almost unexpected. I think it definitely was unexpected. I mean, it, we'd, we'd only just stayed up um, by about two or three, well, by about three or four points. You know, we didn't hit the 40-point target. So... Um, an improvement would have been, I suppose, mid-table mediocrity. Yeah. But, you know, West Ham fans, we, 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 we live on this roller coaster. So, obviously, we'd, you know, we'd, Moyes had come back in and saved us um, as such after coming back to the club after we'd rejected him and done away with him for Pellegrini. And then... Without too much additions, the same team, in a way, we brought in a couple of players, then pushed on upwards to the table, where none of us, I think, could honestly hand on that, say we were expecting to be so close. I mean, just one thing is, if you look at it, that I think Liverpool, in winning the league, finished something like 64 points above West Ham. Yeah, the season before, yeah. Yeah, and only finished, what, five or six points above West Ham. Yeah, four points, not even five. There you uh, go. So, yeah, I mean, Moyes, as you say, came in the season before and went on a, a tremendous run at the end of the year and carried it on to last season right the way through. And we, we said on the our Sunday show where we review the games that Moyes almost had found his, like, it was like he found his confidence again, um, that we, we hadn't quite seen from him since his Everton days, really. You know, he was always, it was like he, I don't know, it was like he lost his mojo before that, and he'd done well, as you say, at West Ham in his first spell, and then never got kept on for Pellegrini, I forgot what manager it was, and then came back in, saved yourselves again, and yeah, what, as you say, what an incredible season. Yeah, I mean, if if you look, if we take Moyes um, at first, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's a poison chalice following the most successful manager at any football club. So if you take, he followed Ferguson 
was supposedly handpicked by Ferguson, in a way, he was doomed to failure because it was almost like... For me, Fergie left because he knew he had the worst Man United team he'd ever built. But he'd won the title with it. Yeah. And I think, and that's why I think Fergie went, well, I'm going now because if I can win the title with this lot, you know, I I ain't ever going to better that. So off he goes and leave, you know, and, and it's a team, you know, like when, if you look back when Busby left Man United, you had the fallout from Dennis Law then leaving, Cholton retiring, George Best exploding. You know, Moyes comes in, he's still got Ryan Giggs, who's coming at the end of his career. He's got to try and generate a new team, but he ain't got time to do it. They don't even give him the season, he's out the door. He goes to Spain, floats about there. Goes to Sunderland. Now, Sunderland, I, I quite like Sunderland, but they were sort of a basket case of a club at that time. Yeah. And at some point, someone was going to take him down. You know, Di Canio had rescued him, then they sacked him. Dick Ackerbert rescued him, then they sacked him. At some point, someone weren't going to be able to save him. He comes to us, and it's, it's his last chance saloon, really, isn't it? At the end yeah. of the day, if he failed at West Ham, where, where was he going to succeed? But he didn't. See, and then he gets treated terribly. But the mad thing about it is, he doesn't get another job in football. Yeah. Until 18 months later, West Ham's the car crash and the wheels have come off. Pellegrini spent all the money. Money that some of it had been raised under David Moyes' tenure because we sold Payette in the January, never really re-spent that money. And um, funny enough, it was Moyes that turned on out of it from a winger that was failing at the club to a striker that was well-liked. Pellegrini's brought in, given £200 million to spend on the likes of Haller, on the likes of Anderson. I mean, you know, we've just lost... We, we, we spent, if you, if you believe the figures that's banded about, those two cost us about just short of £80 million and we've recouped about 25 yeah, that's, that's, that's scary, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it, it that, and it, for those that look outside and see the West Ham fans still anti the owners after the season we had last season, they may not see that actually the reason for that is is that the mismanagement of the club is because of them. That you know they spent world you know, West Ham record fees, not world record fees. They broke West Ham's transfers fees on the likes of Anderson, on the likes of Haller. And two, three years later, they're, they're both gone for no money. And, and that's why West Ham are, are struggling to, to pay the fees and the wages that the, 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 the Premier League, top Premier League dictates. Yeah, and especially after the, the last 18 months we've had financially for clubs as well, mm. added to that as well. So, I mean, we'll come on to the summer. And obviously, as you kind of alluded to, there's not really much activity to, to talk about, obviously. Jesse Lingard's obviously gone back to United as well, so the squad's a little bit weaker. I couldn't see any incoming transfer. Has there been any at all? Well, we signed Ariola from uh, from Paris Saint-Germain on loan, who was at Fulham. Yeah. To, yeah. Um, I mean, Moyes is going about it the right way. A lot of West Ham's a lot of West Ham's business is done publicly, and that's always been a problem. And now Moyes has sort of got hold of it. But where fans, I think, are used to it being public and now not seeing, it's sort of panic stations because we've only bought a keeper in. We've lost Lingard. Personally, 
I wouldn't be surprised if come August the 31st, at 11 o'clock at night, Lingard's stand in London. You think so? Another one deal? I think, what I, for me, looking at it, Jesse Lingard came to West Ham to make the England squad. And he yeah. nearly did it. He nearly did it. Jesse Lingard's swan song for international football will be the Qatar World Cup. Yeah. To make it, he's got to be playing first-team football week in, week out. Is he going to do that at Man United? Now, at the moment, he thinks he is. But if the season kicks off and he's not playing, we may be able to whisper in your ear, first-team football here, mate. <laughs> yeah, come back. Remember remember last season. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I forgot about Ariola as well. And I mean, Fabianski's been a great servant. But I think, ultimately, I think Ariola might take his place um, but by the time the season's done anyway. Yeah, I mean, Ariola's a, a younger keeper. Fabianski's 35-36. You know, it, at the end of the day, keepers can go on to 40, maybe past that. But th- th- especially this season, when you look at, um, you, you, it's almost like you need two teams, a midweek team and uh, a Premier League team. I.e., we need a team because we're going to have the League Cup and the UEFA League, whatever they call it. Uh, UEFA oh, Cup, I'm, so love my yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we've got the UEFA Cup and, and the, the, like, the, we go straight into the third round in September of the League Cup. So we're going to be playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Like then it'll be a Wednesday, Sunday or Wednesday, Saturday. We, we've got a lot of football up till December. And previously we've, we, we had a goalkeeper. You'd have Fabianski. We had Darren Randolph, Republic of Ireland International. Always a little mistake in him. Always. Great shot stopper, but there's always that moment of indecision where he won't come out or he'll come out at the wrong time, and it always costs us a goal. And I think Moises looked at it and thought, Do you know what? No. So now we've got Ariola, I expect, will be the cup keeper this year. Someone that will give confidence to the defenders. But yeah. he has got to get his finger out because. We need to bulk the squad up by August the 31st because we've got a good 11 if they're fit. But, you know, no club goes through a season without injuries. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, other than your Lingard prediction, any other signings you reckon you might make? Loan deals or...? Well, we're after a centre-half from Fiorentina, Milenkovic. Um, this one's dragged on a bit because it, the, the rumours are that the deal's been done, but now it's been held up. There's stories about agents wanting a, a bit and, you know, it, it's got to be picked up by someone and West Ham are, are balking or, or, you know, it, the transfer world, as I see it, is a murky world. And I think if the fans knew the truth, we'd all be disgusted about what goes on, to be honest. Um, so sometimes it's better not knowing the truth. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I 100% um, agree. So, I mean, yeah, that Milinkovic. And then, and this is the thing, we need, we've got Antonio up front. And, and Moyes plays a certain way. And Antonio was a converted winger like Arnautovic was. Yeah. And it, and it's, so it's like, when you look at it, you think, well, we haven't got any out-and-out strikers. And I think that's how Moyes likes it in a way. But he needs to bring another one in. And that's why I keep thinking is, He's holding out for Lingard. If you look at Lingard last season, I mean, he, the fact that he only came in in January, I think he was our second to score or nine goals. 
you know, it, it, it was, and it was a Jesse Lingard. I think a lot of players haven't, a lot of fans haven't seen yeah. that Jesse Lingard. And my theory behind it was, at Man United, he's always had out and out strikers in front of him. So his brief would be, get into the box and get the ball to the striker. Well, West Ham, his brief was, get into the box and have a shot. Yeah. Because we, 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 we like how we want, if you look, we had Bowen, we had Suchek, we had um, uh, Jesse Lingard, all these midfielders scoring goals. Yeah. So I think that's what Moyes is looking at. But Yeah, you kind of let Lingard be Lingard, didn't you? There wasn't a really, it wasn't so much a strict strategy as such. And, and I think Lingard's a bit like uh, Wolf Saha in a way, that he, he's better suited to that big fish as such. Yes. You know, big fish, rather than going to a, a team like United where he just plays a part, you know. Style. I think Dele Ali might be the same at Spurs. I think that's where you struggle. I think those type of footballers almost need to be just kind of let off the leash a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was funny. I, you know, Lingard comes through the academy at Man United, he comes into the team, does really well. And the thing that I always remember about him is I remember when it was announced on TalkSport that they'd, they'd upped his wages to 100 grand a week. And you think, wow, Jesse Lingard's on 100 grand a week, you know. Where's he going to play if he can't play for Man United? Because <laughs> exactly. it was madness. But then, like, my ma- I've got Man United, mate, and he said to me, yeah, but, like, I think Ibrahimovic was there on 300 grand a week. Just yeah, Lingard yeah. was on 30 grand a week. He was on 10% playing in the <laughs> same team. And that's the problem with some of the bigger clubs is that when you bring in these players on 200, 300 grand a week, the players that are obviously not as good as them but are playing in the same team are going to be looking at that and going, well, if he's on 300, I've got to be worth 100. Yeah, exactly. And what that then does is it restricts when they move because when the time comes for them to leave, like Lingard now, you know, West, you know, West Ham have got to cough up. You know, he's going to want more, isn't he? So we'd have to cough up 120 grand a week. Yeah. And yeah. That, 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 as you say, that becomes the the issue, especially for uh, not smaller clubs as such, but with the less finances to throw about. Yeah. Like, like the Man United. Um, yeah. I mean, on to the season ahead. Then, I mean, obviously finished sixth last year. What's your prediction or hoping for for this season? I mean, with the, I mean, if to see real progression, I, I would be hoping for like a sixth, seventh spot again. And and why that standing still, you know, ain't progression is that for West Ham. Um, I mean, one fact I'd love to throw out is that we've only quali- we've only finished in the top ten of the top division three times in a row once in our history. Now, that does not scream a big club that West Ham yeah. likes to project itself. You know, when you look at the Forbes top 25 clubs in Europe, West Ham's the highest placed club that's never won a league trophy oh. or top flight. Yeah. So, again, it don't, it, you know, it don't scream big clubs. So, if we want to progress and move on, we need to be finishing in the UEFA Cup places three, four years in a row. Before we can then look at, you know, then we can look to jump into that top, you know, top four. I don't know. I mean, I, me personally, I don't get hung up on it. I, I'd like a good cup run. 
which I call a semi-final. So yeah. I like a good cup run. Don't care what cup. A good cup run. And I want to see goals, entertaining football. Yeah. If we finish 12th, and I've seen some really good... And I have had seasons where we finished 10, 12, but we've had some really fun games. Five fours, four ones, you know, two all draws, stuff like that. Something that's excited us with, with really good quality players. Then, fractionally, I'm happy. And the reason for that is that if West Ham get beat and get relegated, am I going to say, oh, I ain't going? No, I'm not. I'm a mug punter. So West Ham could lose every game and I'll still turn up. So why should I get hung up on where we're going to finish in the league? Because it don't affect my what I do. Yeah, but. 100%. I mean, that's... I mean, ultimately, I think, as a Liverpool fan, I said for years, I, I kind of, I'd gave up winning the league. Um, mm. All I then wanted, I just wanted, like, the style of football we've seen at the start of Klopp's time and the 13-14 season with Suarez, you know, if I could see five fours, even losing four threes, but you're seeing that band of football, you're almost being entertained and it's, and it's more, it's more, more special for a fan like ourselves than finishing sixth in the league and, or seventh in the league, you know, it's almost like, I don't care about that, like, yeah. I'm not winning, I, I've always said, West Brom fans must have it quite good as such, because they, they go up and down so much, so every game means something, whereas I would hate to be a team, you know, a team like Everton, <laughs> and I, I don't mean it disparages yeah. them, because I'm a Liverpool fan, but they, they don't play for anything, you know, they're never going to get relegated, they're never going to win the league, it's like, well, well, why? Like, you know, you you almost go into games where knowing that nothing means anything. Yeah, I, look, for me, relegation, I just go, well, it's an occupational hazard as a West Ham fan. The yeah. first season, I went West Ham as a season to get hold of my uncle, 1977-78, we got relegated. You know, I was set up for life there. We've been relegated once every decade since the 1970s. Wow. Yeah, so once every decade. Now, we're in a new decade, we've not been relegated yet. So, if history continues, some point between now and 2029, we're going down. Unless we finally break that cycle. Yeah. So, and and that's the thing, when you go down, some of the best seasons I've seen have actually been lower down. Yeah. Now, the last time West Ham won the FA Cup... We were lower down. <laughs> yeah, we got to the League Cup final. We were lower down. So it's you know, and and the playoff finals are generally good fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they always <laughs> they always look at like a, a, for years. I say as a Liverpool fan, I almost wish I supported a, a smaller club as such because at least games were meaningful. You know, you were getting dramatic ends to the season. The fight and relegation might not be good for the heart, but, you know, every game, it's yeah. just that. I oh, know, but that, that, and, and, that, and, and that, that's the thing with me. People say, well, you know, that's art for me. That's part of, of, of the fun of being a West Ham fan is that why do I keep going? Well, when I walk into the ground, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If we're playing Liverpool, we could... Well, unless it's at Anfield, you know, we could beat you, yeah? Or we could get a draw, or we could get smashed. Yeah. Because I can point to all three times, <laughs> you know, um, at Anfield, that was different. I was glad I was there the day we finally broke the 50-odd-year hoodoo 
um, when Brendan Rodgers was the manager. Um, yeah. uh, but, you know, it's, um, it, it, that's what keeps me going. The fact that I don't know, you know, West Ham stayed up, um, with Carlos Tevez. So yeah. we stayed up, as we know, by the skin of our teeth, <laughs> by two points or whatever. But what people don't realise is we beat Arsenal and Man United home and away for the first time ever, I believe. Yeah. So <laughs> we beat the top two teams home and away and still nearly went down. That's, that's, that's madness. Yeah. Um, well, on, on this season, player-wise... Um, I always ask for three players. Um, a player who you think will be West Ham's player of the season. A player for opposition fans to keep an eye out for. So maybe not like one of your, you know, your obvious players. Maybe either a young up and coming or just a player you might have a breakout season. And then a, a fantasy football like tip if somebody was to pick a West Ham player for a fantasy football team. So three three players for yourself. So I mean the lookout one for me. That was going to be interesting is um, Sue Fowl, the the Czech Republic right back who turned up in September, you know, during lockdowns, not played in front of a, a, a big crowd yet at the stadium, yeah. you know, and becomes, um, you know, pretty quickly what I would, he's, he's sort of in cult status at the moment. <laughs> Because, you know, his performances and the way, and his look about him as well, he's got this like mad look where he can just stare at, like, East European stare down. Um, so he would be the, the, um, left field one for fans to look at. Uh, Sue Fowl. Um, as for player of the year, it, it, it depends how much Mark Noble plays. Because if Mark Noble plays a lot, Bearing in mind this is his last ever season in prim, in in uh, professional football. Right. Okay. So he's retiring at the end of the season. He's announced it. If he plays a lot, I can see the sympathy vote going to Mark Noble. Yeah. Um, if not, um, nothing can stop Declan Rice really, apart from Suchek. So it'll be between Suchek and Declan Rice probably um, player of the year season. Unless we get Lingard in. That's it, yeah. You know, uh, as for fantasy footballer, um, I would go for Suchek. Yeah. Because he's he's a bit more cultured than Fellaini. But it's almost like if you was picking Moises Everton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? And then yeah. Moises West Ham, you go, <laughs> well... Sue Fowl, or Sue Fowl in a way, is his late and Baines. Yeah. Even though it's on his left, he's on the right, so you've got yeah. his late and Baines. And then Fellaini's his, uh, Suchek is his Fellaini. Yeah. And then you've got the midfield players, um, he had Tim Cahill, so yeah. we can go to either Antonio or, 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 you know, as his Tim Cahill. Yeah, definitely. It's, what you were saying there about Moyes and his Everton and Irving. Yeah, he's just, he found his, he found his player and, and Fellaini was just so effective for him as, as is Gale and as you say, the Antonio and, and Suchek, um, yeah. yeah, is just, it's the double act. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's the three player. I, I wouldn't have picked Kufal, the right back. Um, but I think as you say, Declan Rice holding on to him, I think he's going to be playing for that. Next move that he 
it looks like he wants, and he probably deserves, you know, a Champions League every week. Um, so if he can put in another really good season for... And this is the crux of it here for clubs like West Ham. So, the only way you're going to break into the top is realistically either by keeping the likes of Declan Rice or getting 100 million for him and spending wisely. Yeah. Because yeah? getting 100 million quid and spending wisely appear to be two different things. <laughs> so, if you can keep Declan Rice, we've got more chance. But can we keep Declan Rice happy? Without breaking that top thing, That's without it, yeah. challenging the trophies. Because, and what happens is, you know, players go and play for their international country. He's sitting down with Jaden Sancho, who's younger than him, he's just joined Man United, he'll be on more money than him, you yeah. know, and everything. And when he's as important to England as it looks like he is now, yeah. you know, Grealish has now gone to Man City. He's going to be sitting there and they're going to be looking at, you're at West Ham, mate. Yeah, well, Mason Mount, even just Mason Mount, who looks to be like his his best friend in football, you know, he's sitting beside him, and one's like playing at Chelsea on probably. Well, Mount, they've played football since I think they were about nine or ten. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, and you know, Declan Rice, and it's hard. Declan Rice, though, at the end of the day, did grow up a Chelsea fan. Oh, did he? Right. Okay, I didn't know that. He was at Chelsea till he was fourteen. Right. With Mason Man, and they let Declan go, and then we picked him up. Now, I'm not saying he ain't got no love for West Ham, because undoubtedly he has. Yeah. But there's always this lure, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, but as you say, he's been a loyal servant as well. He's yes. stayed. I mean, he could have, he could have kicked up for some. A bit like Grealish as well. You know, I feel the younger football players today, especially the young English ones, they seem to handle themselves. Very well during these transfer sagas, you know, there's no so much as the, the downing tools or fake injuries or, you know, kind of like not showing up at all. You know, they, yeah. they all seem to still give their all and, you know, fair play to them, hats off to, to players like Rice and, and I, I always thought Grealish handled himself very well through the whole the whole debacle as well, so. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, Grealish has done, what, eight years at Villa, first yep. team football, you know, you can't say he's not given a service. Yeah, Declan Rice is probably this is this will be his fourth season with us. I mean, yeah. the fact we haven't sold him, where if you think we lost Rio at twenty twenty one the Leeds when he was twenty one the Leeds, yeah, you know, Declan surpassed that. Um, obviously, Frank went early. Um, then we lost Joe Cole. You know, all around the same age, and, yeah. and that's the thing that. We always, us older ones, can look back to and go, oh, if only, if only, you know. So this is it. If 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 we lose Declan Rice, um, and it and it and it it'll 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 probably then you have to go. Well, you know, we are that middle of the road team. Yeah, start start building it again yeah. almost after that. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, that brings us to the end, uh, Nigel. Thank you very much for joining me. If you just like to let everybody know where they can find you and and the podcast. Yeah, so I'm I'm one of the many hosts of of more than just a podcast. You can find us on Acast. Um, we're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, my WHUFC. You'll find me generally moaning and groaning about West Ham uh, and other such wonders of life. But um, yeah, and I'm always up for general chit chat with other football fans. Um, I've got a really good football knowledge as well. So. Um, 
even partial to a little bit of Liverpool, but still. <laughs> you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social medias, wherever you can find podcasts. Search Man in the Post, you will find us. Chris and the gang will be back with extra time on Thursday, next Thursday after the season starts. Myself, Dave and Simon will be back with the weekend reviews every Monday morning in your ears. Um, but yeah, thanks again to Nigel for joining me. Check out all his work on the more than just a podcast. Thanks for listening and always remember, keep your man in the post. <laughs>